Welcome to Discastia, a podcast for parents and educators about the best way to support kids living with learning difficulties. I'm Bill Hansberry. And I'm Michael Shanahan. And today we're talking about dyslexia and dysgraphia. But before we start, we'd like to acknowledge that we're casting to you today from the traditional lands of the Ghana people. So, Bill, we're talking about dyslexia now. You've been doing this for a long time. Mm. And... You know, you've probably explained it a million times. I have. It's, it's a <laughs> so, room so of adults So what is it in a nutshell? Well, fundamentally, it is <laughs> – I'm about to use a term difference. <laughs> it is a subtle difference in uh, the brain's processing of speech sound. Now, I hope I haven't mashed that too badly, yeah. but they, there is this thing called the phonological core deficit – and the vast, vast majority, now I'm not going to get into the stuff about surface dyslexia, deep dyslexia, orthographic dyslexia. I actually don't like it. Um, it is. A you di- don't like it because it's not useful or it, you don't it's agree not, with it? It has no use. Most, yeah. the vast, well, let's just say this, with all of the hundreds and hundreds of children I've worked with, um, when I've looked at their phonological processing or I've read an assessment, um, that's the core difficulty. The brain cannot easily do this, um, what Mark Seidenberg calls fictional task or fiction, Mm. can't do this arbitrary artificial stuff of taking a word like bill and thinking about it as b i l Because, you see, words don't come at bill. If you you record me saying my name and then play it back and slow it down, you will not hear b i l You'll hear that was terrible. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Co-articulation yeah. is a term. Words come out blobbed. So someone's come in and put an artificial divide yes. between those continuous sounds. They're That's continuous right. sounds, but someone's come in and arbitrarily said, we'll end this one here and this one here and this one here. And that was, and, and when whoever invented the Phoenician alphabet, and as um, David Kilpatrick says, they must have had awesome phonological awareness (laughs) to do this. But the challenge was how do we um, translate between different languages, what do they have in common? Uh, Their sounds. They're blobs of sound coming out of the mouth. So what if we decide on a writing system that that, um, picks a symbol for those sounds? And by the way, in our language, there's around 44 of them, speech sounds. What if we pick a symbol for each of them? And, as, and develop a writing system from that instead yep. of hieroglyphs where we have, say, pictures standing mm. for things and we have pictures standing for either whole words or or syllables like, like in logo syllabaries like in Chinese and that sort of thing. They said, let's have this sound-based system and as soon as you write in a sound-based system, you develop a necessity for the brain to think about cat as k-at or bill as b-i-l and to, like you said, put those non-existent divides in. Yeah. Because now, I don't do this now. Like once I'm a competent reader, mm. I'm not aware that I'm sitting there no. and doing that while I'm reading. No, the process automates. <clears throat> yeah, it yes. becomes automatic. Yes. But when a kid's first learning, yes. they need to be explicitly shown yes. that this is how it works. Yeah, there's a name for that type of teaching, Michael. 
It's called phonics. <laughs> and, and the one we all should be using is the structured synthetic variety of it, mm. not the other ones. But yes. So it, it, when you look at it this way, I know we have to remind the listener we are talking about the phonological core deficit, which mm. is the, a brain's difficulty in thinking about words in those discrete speech sounds and yep. putting in those artificial gaps between them. Um, but yes, what other way would you teach this system? Yeah. A Phoenician sound-based system, if you are teaching it in any other way uh, that doesn't pay attention to those scribbles on the page and the sounds they map to, you are bonkers. Mm. I'm sorry, you do not know what you're doing. Yeah, because this is actually the way it works. That's right. And the way it evolved. Yeah. And so... Is that all dyslexia is? So, um, you know, is Okay, it, no, it's not, because but that's I, where it starts. Because I think there's another part to this, which is, and this is really common, mm. and it's certainly the case with me. Yes, you know, you have to hear a word and break up those sounds, but I often hear, and kids that I work with, hear the wrong sound. Mm. So particularly sounds that are quite similar, like yes. mm for yes. man and mm yes. for none, yes. m and n get confused, f and v yeah. get confused, yes. like heaps of them. Yes, because they are produced in very similar places in the mouth. Mm. Yeah. And so they just can't hear them. No. And they often spend, like me, their whole life mispronouncing a word yes. Yes. and not even realising that they're doing it. Yes. So when it comes to spelling... I'm just spelling what I what you think hear. I hear, yeah. but what I hear is not actually what it is. No, um, and that my understanding is that comes back to that that phonological processing difficulty. Mm. I've used the word difficulty there, didn't I? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so you imagine a um, you imagine a tree with lots of leaves, and uh, but that that trunk is this difficulty, and it's when you get into it, it's actually not simple. It's mm. it's Hard to explain, but it is this it is this difference in the processing of the speech sound, which by the way is a fiction. Yeah. The speech sound doesn't exist because speech sounds never live on their own when we're talking. Yeah. Unless I say um I ate uh. a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's schwa for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It can be spelled with an I A E uh, O <laughs> E O U R I R. Um, yeah, so... Just so we've got this phonological core deficit. Yep. I mean, yes. So difficulty processing these sounds. Yes. Difficulty, therefore, breaking it up. Yes. But there's another difficulty there that is, you know, you mentioned that English has 44 sounds. Yes. But we've only got 26 letters. Oh, yes. And so... Genius, isn't it? Here, yeah, <laughs> here is the, you know... Icing on the cake, isn't uh, it, yes. of why this is difficult. Our shocking, unstable, opaque orthography. Yeah, because now these letters, yeah, sometimes they get added together to make a different sound. T and H for th or z. And there's all these codes, yes. hidden codes, yes. um, that some people just discover them. Yes. Some people just pick it up like magic. They map them like nobody's they, business. They just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's interesting, you know. I've never looked as to the positive of that. Like, mm. has are you aware of research that's been done that says the the ones that just learn it, mm. how do they do it? Well, um, my understanding is again, it comes back to having a brain that quickly 
buys into this idea mm. of sounds being separated because there's this process that Linnea Airy in the 1980s um, developed a theory called orthographic mapping theory or it comes under other names, unitization theory, bonding theory. But um, when the brain can easily know that cat can be at and Michael could be m i k u. Mm-hmm. Um, and can separate mentally separate those sounds, then it's a lot easier for the brain to map those clear, crisp sounds or auditory images, some people will call them, onto those squiggles on the page. Yeah. So the brain, is, if it can do the breaking up easily, so I say Michael and I look down and see an mm and my brain knows that first sound is mm. The brain goes, mm, activates the sound mentally. I see the letter M, that's a mapping. Yeah. And they bond. Yeah. Uh, and that starts at the letter Magically. sound. Magically. It just it, happens yeah, it, with it some does. people. But you can see if I've explained it properly, yeah. you can see why that is dependent on phonemic proficiency yeah. or highly developed phonological yeah. awareness. Having those parts of your brain yes. firing together yes. in a really efficient way. Yes. And they are separate parts of your brain. That do all those not, processes. Not, yes, right. They're like everything in the brain, yeah. it doesn't just happen in one spot. Yeah. yeah. And so they've got to fire together. And we know that processes that our brains do over and over again, mm. they get better and better and better at faster and faster and they faster. They find the pathways. Yeah. Work. So if yes. I'm not or if I'm already not doing that, yeah. then I'm compensating. And immediately. doing other things That's to right. try and learn to read. That's right. And then they become the pathways yes. that have the least resistance. That's right. And those habits are quite hard to break. They are. So you're you're looking at horse and saying house mm. and saw and saying was because yeah. you, you, you're trying to use uh, compensating strategies. Yeah. And it becomes automatic and that's why it's good to get early intervention mm. because those things that are already automatic are quite hard to change. They really are. Okay, so we've got this phonological core deficit. We've got this problem particularly with English. Mm-hmm. There are languages that do have one-to-one correspondence. Italian is one of them. Yeah, with yeah. sounds and letters. Yeah. But we've got these 44 sounds and 26 letters but then we've also got the problem with English is that it's borrowed a whole oh, lot of words yes. and spelling conventions yes. from other languages yes. that have just been mushed into one. Yes. And it becomes really tricky. It does. Like the k sound. Yes. With C spelling it sometimes, K spelling it sometimes, CK spelling it sometimes, CH spelling it sometimes. Thanks, the Greeks, for that. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Yeah, so it's really, really complicated. It is, but it's not random. Mm. So you you teach to the structure we do, like like Playberry, which is just another um, Orton-Gillingham kind of base structure. Within, there is a logic that we teach kids that K usually comes before an E, an I, or a Y, unless you're talking about native Australian animals and places. Mm-hmm. Uh, C in front of A, O, or U, K after a consonant, C before a consonant, and then good old CK up the end of a one syllable word or a syllable after a short vowel. Mm-hmm. So um, th- I think the trap that we can fall into is saying things like there's no point teaching spelling rules because for every spelling rule there is an attendant rule breaker. Yep. There is a there is a beautiful logic because the English 
writing system was at one point standardised, and they reckon it was around the invention of the printing press. Yes. But before that, you could spell, as long as you lined the sounds up okay, and if you had a phonological core deficit, that was also hard, by the way. Yes. But you could spell a word many different ways, as long as the sounds came out right. And, and the person reading your writing could pick up the pronunciation, no worries. Yep. But along comes the printing press and somewhere a committee of probably royals, I would imagine, sat down <laughs> and said, we need to pick a spelling yep. for, for these um, for these hundreds of thousands of words. Yeah. We've got to standardise it because they're going to be print, they're going to be mass producing That's them for right. the very first time. And by the way, Michael... With all these Greek, Latin, um, uh, Germanic, uh, Ang- Anglo, um, Nord, you know, all of these, all of these groups that kind of washed up on English shores and mm. sometimes rather barbarically, um, they brought with them their words. So there was this issue of okay, this word's pronounced this way in this language, but the way we've developed the articulate or the pronunciation of that, we don't say so. Yacht is a perfect example. Yep. Y A C H T. What the heck is the C H doing in the middle? And a lady I was working at a school once explained it to me. She said, "Well, I'm going to get this wrong, so don't shoot me." <laughs> but she said, "Look, uh, in its original pronunciation, it's yacht." Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought of "Hello, Hello," you know, the Cat Empire song. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> yacht. I don't know why I'm doing that with the hands as I say it. You can see me, it's ridiculous. You're going to knock something over. But we say yacht, but the k in yacht, yeah. that's where that ch came from. Same yeah. thing happened with muscle, spelt with a c in there. Uh, yes. You say the word musculature. Now, mm-hmm. that's Latin, I believe. So they had these, they said, how do we maintain, how do we nod to this word's uh, original pronunciation? Yep. Or its original etymology? Yeah. So this is how these random non phonic or non phonetic spellings get into our irregular words, which make up about a third. Yep. Of it. Yeah. It makes it so complicated, doesn't it? And uh, what I have also heard is that the printers weren't made in England. No. And so right. there were English letters for English sounds that were lost because when the printers came with their letters pre-made, they didn't have those letters in them. And one of them was the thorn, which was a letter for the th sound. (gasps) There's a letter for the th sound called a thorn, but it wasn't on the printers because it was an English letter and and an English sound. So they replaced it with the TH. So we were that close to having a letter for th. What about th, the, the voiced... I'm not sure. I'm but, not sure about the, the, the part. But Thorn, yeah. we were that close, Michael, yep. to not having yeah, to co-opt right. T and H for this. Yes. And so in the early days of that, um, and see, I tell these stories to kids because then Brilliant. they understand yes. of like, ah, oh, this is why it's so complicated right. and why I can't naturally work it out. <laughs> in the early days, they were, they were faced with a dilemma. So we don't have the Thorn on the printers, so what are we going to replace it with? Some people replaced it with TH. Some people replaced it with a Y. Oh, I'm glad they didn't. And so that's why we've got ye oldie tea shop instead of the oldie tea oh, shop. Oh, wow. Because they replaced the thorn, which was the th sound in the. Uh-huh. Or the th sound in the. Yes. V, with a Y. Ye oldie. Because they didn't have the thorn. 
I'm thinking of all those Warner Brother cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Ye oldie. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. Isn't that weird? I've got ye oldie <clears throat> shop on my big spelling rules poster. I didn't even know. Yeah. There we go. Michael. Yeah, so yeah. isn't oh, that bizarre? That's brilliant. So, so that's why English is so hard. Yeah. And if you have to, so if you're not one of those lucky people that just pick this up. Yeah. And just go, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yep. Those two letters make sense. T-H, whatever. whatever. <laughs> if you're not one of those people yeah. and you need to have this explicitly explained to you, yeah. look at how much time we've spent just talking about a couple of letters yeah. and a couple of sounds. And, this is really complicated. And we haven't even touched vowels. <laughs> yeah, and really difficult yeah. if you're not just naturally picking up on that. That's right. So uh, the English orthography is a hot mess. It appears random to people who aren't taught it well. Uh, it's a mistake to say it is random because there's, there's a reason yeah. for everything, yeah. like some of the stories you've just explained. And accents play a big part. They do. Because um, we change the way that letters are pronounced with our accents. We do. Well, I can't resist. Yeah. Uh, was there ever a letter for schwa? For the... Uh, I'm not a, sure. Because crikey, wouldn't that make life yeah, easier? Yeah, that would be brilliant. Yeah. I mean... Just one spelling for all the short and long vowel sounds. It'd be mm. great, wouldn't it? Yep. Well, the shorts aren't so bad. <laughs> the longs are a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So the vowels are very tricky because I, how yeah. many vowel sounds have we got? 15 or something vowel oh, sounds something in English? Like and yeah. only five, well, six letters to make those vowels. So the whole thing is incredibly complicated. It is. And this is dyslexia, isn't it? Dyslexia is difficulty reading. Yep. And it's translating those squeals on the page mm -hmm. into the correct sounds in your head yes. at a speed yes. that allows you to blend them together That's right. and turn them into a word. That's right. And then you get to a point where words just pop off the page. Yep. Those words become stored as a whole unit. So you don't have to do the decoding business, yep. but you don't store whole words without all of those other sub skills yep. underneath. Yeah, so that decoding comes first. So yes. that's the dyslexia part okay. of the dis. It is. So we've got three disses in, wow. <laughs> in learning difficulties. Okay. That's dyslexia. And we've got dysgraphia. We have dysgraphia. So we're probably worth pointing out that the dis is a prefix. <laughs> well, is it? Dis means trouble with, D-Y-S. Yeah. Is it a prefix? Yes, because it, it goes on dyslec di di yeah. dyslexia yeah. and lexia lexical, is, lexicon, trouble yeah. with words, yeah. graph, trouble with writing, yeah. G-R-A-P-H, or graph or graph, depending on your state of origin. Yeah. Uh, it's graph here in South again. Australia, Michael, <laughs> because we speak the Queen's English. Anyway, dysgraphia, but we just call it dysgraphia. Yeah, trouble with writing. Okay, mm -hmm. so we're going into dysgraphia or yeah. dysgraphia. Yep. Very, very stubborn, very stubborn condition. Yeah. Uh, hard, hard, hard to remediate. One of the hardest things is kids, I find particularly little boys, if handwriting's hard, they cop a wicked bad attitude about writing very, very early yep. in the piece. Uh, in the wrong teaching environments, by the way, yeah. um, you know, where it's just, ah, go and write something. Write yep. me a half a page, write me a page, and the kids that can write a two pages are being lauded and... Yeah. Everyone else, not so. Yeah, yeah, so dysgraphia is all about writing. It is a writing difficulty. Difficulty writing and spelling comes into that. Yes. Difficulty organising your thoughts it's, in yes. a written form. Getting what's on the head yep. onto the page. So people living with dysgraphia, I've been identified with dysgraphia, right. can talk and talk and talk yes. and make total sense. Yes. And then you come to write it down yes. and it's like, oh, God, what do I put next? Yeah. 
and you kind of freeze up, well, this is what happens to me. Yeah. Or I start writing stuff and it becomes disjointed and then I have another thought and I put that down yeah. here and what ends up on paper is a mess. Yes. And I can look at it and I know it's a mess. So now I've got to go about the laborious task of reorganising it so it makes it. sense. And then how do you spell this? Like it's a yeah. it's a really difficult thing. That must be crazy making, yeah. Michael. But, you know, there are kids living with dyslexia and dysgraphia, but you can live with dysgraphia but still be able to read yeah, and right. not be identified with dyslexia. Mm -hmm. So it is something that can stand on its own. But I don't know the stats. I think mostly it does stand with dyslexia. Well, comorbidities, uh, crikey, I don't even know what it is. No, Someone sure. would probably put it in the comments or something. It's, yeah. uh, um, yes, and when a youngster has both, um, wow, it is game on mm. or game off, depending which way you look at it. It's difficult. It is difficult. And do you know what? I reckon, this is just my personal opinion. Yep. I reckon one of the most difficult things about difficulty with handwriting mm -hmm. is that you can't cover it up. Yeah. You are totally exposed yeah. because, like, if it's reading, mm. I can kind of fluff my way through it <laughs> yeah. or I can say, yeah, yeah, I read that, yes. even, even yeah. if I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> or if I'm reading it to myself, you know, reading becomes really tri tricky when you have to read in front of the class uh -huh. and you can't oh, yeah. do it. It's humiliating and it's embarrassing and, you know, really hard on kids' self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dysgraphia is that all the time. Yes, there's whenever. no escape. No, if it, you're yeah. out there, wow, and people can see it. Yeah, and so, I, you know, personally, I think that's why it's really tricky, particularly for young kids yeah. who are trying to have, you know, their self-image and de developing their self-esteem, and what they write is messy, and they can see that it's messy, mm. but they, what can they do about it? It's too hard. Have you heard the terms surface and deep dysgraphia? No. Oh, my understanding's shoddy, but uh, I know that for some kids who have a real walloping of dysgraphia, uh, not only do they have difficulty just with the motor organisation of mm -hmm. writing letters oh, and yeah, getting yeah. spacing, controlling spacing, controlling yeah. height of letters, making sure your ascenders ascend and your descenders descend, orientation of letters, not only do you have that motor difficulty, yeah. but you also have that um, getting ideas from yeah. brain to hand. And I suppose yeah. as I explain it, well, if you've got a motor difficulty which is overlying everything, it is going to be terribly, terribly disruptive to your thought process because when you – writing is actually incredibly hard. When you think about the skill mm. of, number one, mentally forming a complete thought, let's just say it's a clause, Michael and Bill sat together at the microphone. Oh, right. Microphones – no, Michael and Bill. That's actually <laughs> no, it might be two clauses anyway. Anyway, you get it. You get a, a thought in your head, yep. and then to write it, you immediately have to start to pull that apart. Number one into words. Those words then have to come apart mentally into their syllables, and those syllables then have to come apart into their sounds because you are encoding. Yeah. So the brain. Uh, as well as the cognitive load of putting together an articulate thought, whether that be a sentence or just a clause or whatever, then the brain pulls them apart into those smallest pieces, which is the, the phoneme, mm. and then picks a grapheme. Yeah. And let's talk about our C, K, C, K or C, H option. Yeah. Then for, for many of those, gra uh, those phonemes, there are multiple graphemes, there are multiple yep. spellings. So you don't need to go down that rabbit hole too far to realise just how miraculous 
the the endeavour of handwriting is and how many places along that chain things can go wrong. Yep. So if it's just the motor, it's not just the motor, it affects, it disrupts, disrupts everything back up the chain because yep. then your brain is completely consumed with, oh, crikey, B and D, which way? Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and then you've, you've forgotten your beautifully organised thought. Yep. So it is a absolute hot mess. Yeah. It's this cognitive overload Immediately. where you're having to focus so hard on the physical task, Yes, the rest of it goes out the window. So there are two parts to it, aren't there? Yeah, the motor that, and the... The motor part yes. where you've got to actually have the physical skills to do it. Yes. And it's a really tricky thing for a little kid to do, yeah. particularly because, you know, they don't necessarily have those fine motor skills developed okay, when I, they're quite young and when we start I, to teach right. them. I have a provocation, Michael. Mm. Should we be teaching handwriting letter formation in schools from the get-go to all students because it's gone, mm -hmm. it's coming back, um, should we be doing that? Uh, and alongside, should you, we when be... When you say handwriting, do you mean cursive? Yeah. Or, or well, well, writing? Uh, whatever. Or, hey, listen, whatever, whatever school right. picks, yeah, okay. standardise it. Yep. So proper formation, so kids are forming letters the right way, the directions go right. If we're doing a, if we're doing a D... Yeah. We start here, we go here, then we come back, you know, all yes. in the same direction. Yeah. And then if we're doing that, should we make sure all our kids are sitting at tables so mm -hmm. they are posturally correct for this job and they're developing those poor habits of grip, falling over while they're right, yep. slouching. Yes. Discuss. Well, yes. I agree. I agree with <laughs> you and I agree with me. <laughs> from my perspective, because I have kids sitting where you are now, Bill, yeah, yeah. who have had... I just straightened up in my seat, <laughs> by the way. Three or four years... Yeah of forming habits mm. that make handwriting hard. So yes. the way they grip the pencil, the way they sit, the way they form the letters mm. has already been set in stone and yeah. habituated. Yes. So it's really hard to change. Oh, isn't it just? And they've unfortunately developed a really tiring style. Yes. So they've got a grip that's so inefficient that it makes them tired after writing one line of text. Yes. So... And not just tiredness, it causes muscle pain yep. further up their arm. Mm -hmm. You talk to a kid with a poor grip, I want the listeners to try this. Kid with a poor grip and you ask, does it hurt to write after a little while? They, they, their answer will always be yes. Yep. Does it start to ache? Yeah. Yes. You can see them because part of what we do in the Playbury program is repetition yes. of letters. You yes. know, you learn a new letter, sound, you learn how to write that letter. Yes. And you do repetition of it because yes. that's what builds that automaticity. That's right. And so kids are, you know, writing d is d, d is d. Oh, yes, in the multisensory links, yep. yes. So, you know, they write d is d and they write a d, d is d multiple times. And don't they love doing that? <laughs> oh, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you note the sarcasm? But we make them do it. <laughs> we do. I say, hey, this is your opportunity to relax. Yes, yes. There's no pressure. Yeah. You just... That's a nice way to Plug put it. away. D is D. Yeah. D is D. D is D. Oh, D and they D. go quiet. They do it in yeah. their head. No, you're not in the classroom. You don't have to do it on your head. I want it out loud here. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, lots of kids with poor technique, poor pencil grip, yep. slouching in their chair. Yeah. You know, they, they're swiveling in their chair. As I do as we yeah. speak. Yeah. And so the letters are squiggling all over the page. Yes. And they don't notice that. No. The reason why their handwriting is yes. messy is because they're jiggling their leg or yes. swiveling in their chair. And I have, I actually have Lynn Stone to thank for my renewed vigour mm. around how kids sit when they write. Um, yeah. Lynn's Reading for Life book. She's um, brilliant. Yeah, and she's so smart. And mm. that accent, I mean, right. <laughs>
She's a very high, high Lynn, uh, very, very smart lady. Yes, that was what really kick-started me on this again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I'm really, I, w- I wouldn't say the word strict, but I, you know, do insist mm. that kids sit up straight. Yes. You, there's a little footstool there. Feet on the floor. Yeah. Yep. That I've got, there it is. you know, a little section cut out for yes. little kids so yes. they can get it close enough. Yes. Feet flat. Back straight. <laughs> my, my, mine is an unhung IKEA bench. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hold Which, the book with your other hand. That's right. Just those little things that aren't pointed yeah. out. And How many of your kids don't you kind of chase that book that's oh, slipping and sliding around the table yeah. and don't think to anchor the other hand yeah. on the Yeah. And you know, when I first started tutoring, yeah. I naturally, without even thinking about it, started holding it for them. Uh-huh. And then after a while, I was thinking, hold on a sec, why am I holding this still? What's, what's this hand doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, and using pencil grips uh-huh. that give kids good tactile feedback yeah, yes. about whether they are actually holding the pencil correctly or not. Because there's some doozies of some pencil grips oh my word, there are. that I see kids yeah. with. And you look at it and you go, well, no wonder you're finding it hard to write yeah. because... yes. I, I couldn't write if I no. held the pencil like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, so you know what we've done here, Michael? We're into this territory of uh, teach all kids a certain way and you can make life much easier for kids who are mm. living with one of these disses, right? Yeah, yep. So we didn't, uh, we, we didn't actually say it when we were talking about dyslexia, but we did talk about structured. Well, we did. I said structured synthetic phonics is what we should be using with all of them. Yeah. And we talked about phonological awareness. Yeah, being, and the fact that they don't learn differently. That's so right. we can teach all kids... In the same manner. Now, it's not going to undis a child. It's yep. just you and I see the evidence of kids who come out of classrooms where this stuff is concentrated on and they are a lot easier to remediate. Yep. They go through our structure. They move at a faster pace. Yep. And it's brilliant when you have a kid that has done a structured program at school yep. and you talk about a new teaching port and they go, oh, I know this. Yeah. Oh, we do- oh is this the one after? Uh, oh, hang on, yeah, Bill. Yeah. Um, after a short vowel and uh, the end of a one-syllable yeah. word. Yeah, it's and brilliant. And you just go, beautiful. And yeah. I just want to kiss that teacher. Yes. I, regardless of gender, I want to lay a big wet kiss <laughs> on their cheek to say you don't know how much easier you're making this young person's life. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. So anyway, uh, what else do we need to say about dysgraphia? It is an so we have a kid with uh, a an well for lack of a better term a normal intellect. If you talk to them, uh, they will articulate stuff beautifully. Yep. So if you assess them through talking, no problem. Yep. But it's like twenty to thirty IQ points just go missing between brain and handwriting, <laughs> yeah. between brain and page, yeah. and it's because of these these difficulties that we broadly call dysgraphia. Yep. Um, we haven't been in the accommodation space in this conversation yet, no. but I'm always asked by parents, so do I just give up on handwriting at the mm. tender age of six or seven? Do we just get these keyboarding skills up right now and forget mm. the handwriting bit? Yep. And my, what, I'm going to shut up for a minute. What do you want to say about that, Michael? Oh, no, I still think handwriting is important. Yes. Hand, well, cognitively, especially if we're talking about reading and spelling. Yeah. There's definitely, you know, we talked about that part, you know, parts of your brain that fire together, wire together. Yes. You know, if you're using those parts of your brain yes. often enough, yes. then they become becomes easier and easier and easier to That's do. Right. So I think if you're doing handwriting as you're learning letters mm-hmm. and letter sounds, yes. it's really cementing yes. that whole process yes. in your brain. That's very different to pecking away on a keyboard yes. and having the 
the letters appear on the screen. I, I, it's yes. a different thing. Well, it is, and there's some really cool research, which I don't know, uh, I can't name, but um, what's coming back is the importance we can put in the of notes. the wish we should. The experiment that was done with kids, uh, university students, or not, probably not all kids, but whether they note took um, handwriting or yeah. note took yes. on the computer. Yes. Now, what was the finding there? Um, basically, if you are typing, you are more focused on getting the words down uh, it's more verbatim and you're not thinking so much yeah. basically the, compre- the 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 language comprehension was higher they remember yeah. they remembered more their if attention they handwrote. was better if they hand wrote it but we also know michael you were talking you were articulating beautifully before you were talking about multi-sensory learning this mm. fire together wire together the very act of linking that hand movement for d with the saying of d is d um, and all of that happening together builds, uh, for lack of a better term, a neural um, richness or resilience because you see this all the time. We teach our kids to enter on the D, for instance, enter from the line, roll over the top, come back, up to the stick, down and out. Yeah. I watch my kids stall when they're mm. about to do a B or a yes. D yep. and I go, say to yourself, D is D. Yeah. And you watch the mouth is D and the hand immediately goes in the right direction. And yep. that's multisensory learning. Yes. Those those networks have wired together. Yeah, but I suppose if you think about it on a keyboard, whatever letter you're typing, the movement's pretty much the same. You're just doing yes. that with your finger. My finger's just going up and down. If you touch if type, you're pressing, <laughs> you're pressing the key. Which I don't. I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you're just pecking away at a keyboard. It's very... Less, you know, it it involves less of your yes brain and muscle memory. Okay, oh, I mean there is. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know of the research in that area. We but, do need to clarify though. Yeah. What we are not saying is that um, keyboarding is not an appropriate accommodation for kids with oh, yeah, dyspraxia. In fact, for a lot of kids, if you move the handwriting out of the way later on, yep. Um, it can be uh, incredibly important because you're taking that letter formation motor stuff out of it. What we are saying is there is a lot of evidence to suggest that in early literacy acquisition, the actual handwriting, the formation of the letters, while the brain mm. links the letter to the pho- the grapheme to the phoneme, uh, really is important in yep. the becoming literate bit. Yeah. Gee, that was sloppy and an academic <laughs> would probably go, hmm. But I'm trying to give an overall... Yeah, no, I agree. And you got to think about what you're assessing them on. Well, so if you're assessing a kid on story, yes, like telling a story, narrative structure, yeah, and they live with dysgraphia, and so the story is going to be extremely um, difficult to write if Mm. they're having to handwrite it. That's right. And so if you're not assessing them on their handwriting, mm, mm. there's no point putting that barrier no. in the way of getting a good story out. Or their spelling, Michael. Yeah. And so in that case, you know, voice to text or even a voice recording yes. or a kid making a video yes. or someone scribing for them. Yes. Um, I think is a perfectly acceptable accommodation. Yes. Because now it's leveling the playing field. Well, it is. And they're being assessed on their storytelling ability. Yes. Can this kid write a really good complication yeah. where there's a few things happening at once and the story's building to resolution? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And and why wouldn't you do that that yes, way? exactly. Know what you're assessing. Yes. Yeah. But okay. that doesn't mean we don't want to teach them handwriting. No, no, no. 
So I think yes. it's you know it's what what is it that you're trying to achieve? Yes, and removing the barriers that are unnecessary. The unnecessary barriers in a situation. Yes, gotcha. And so I I, I wouldn't replace keyboarding, wouldn't replace handwriting with keyboarding. Uh, not early anyway. Mm. Um, yes, okay. And then there's uh, there's the speech to text, which. Mm. I thought it was going to solve everyone's problems and then, you know, I'd have 13-year-olds look at me and go, are you kidding? There's no way I'm going to be talking to a computer when all my mates are writing mm. and I get it. Yep. But if the situation and the settings are right and a kid persists with it, that's also really, really important, mm. uh, the option to speak it on because they still need to sequence their thoughts. They still need to follow a particular genre structure. Yep. But we're removing that stuff that will otherwise throw them immediately into cognitive overload, yeah. the handwriting bit. Yeah. Because if all you're thinking about is your handwriting, your letter formation and your spelling, yeah. no no brain, I don't care how smart you are, no brain can manage. Yeah. All of, you've got to have certain skills automatised. Yeah. And if the spelling and the handwriting aren't automatised, then you do not have any cognitive workspace free yeah. to think about how is this story building or how is my clause structure or have I used pronouns too much or does a full stop go there? <laughs> you know, if we're yeah. going to be really and, basic. And the humiliation starts creeping in yes. of like saying, this is really messy. I'm going to get yes. into trouble for this. That's right. Like on all these thoughts crowd in and the story yeah. that they're trying to tell just goes out the window. And the kid next to me is up to a half a page <laughs> yeah. and I've barely written three lines. Yeah, exactly. And the and, teacher's coming. And so I'm just going to give up. Yeah, that's right. Or I'm going to act out or Understandably. do something to distract. Mm. Yeah, mm. well, I, so I do think handwriting's important. Me too. So as someone who has always struggled with handwriting, yeah. Even as an adult, so you might think to yourself, okay, well, there's computers, do we really need handwriting these mm -hmm, days? Mm -hmm. But for me, it's been a lifelong source of fear and humiliation mm -hmm. because you always find yourself in a situation where you have to handwrite. Michael, well, I yeah, have, like yeah. writing on a whiteboard. Yeah terrified me. What did you used to do for a living, Michael? Uh, well, lots of different things. Yeah. But as a teacher, yeah, yeah. <laughs> writing on a yeah, whiteboard yeah. or writing on a blackboard back then, yeah. uh, it was really scary. Yeah. Even to this day, yes. like I've got a whiteboard here in my uh, study, in my lesson room. Even when I write on the whiteboard now, I have this sense of fear yes. of is this going to be right? Have I spelt this right? As soon as that fear creeps in, yeah. everything's out the window. You yeah. know what I mean? You go into that panic mode and you can't yes. think. Um, and there have been plenty of work situations oh, where gracious. I've had to write on a whiteboard oh, and I've just gone into sweat yeah. when someone throws me the marker and says, hey, you got oh. can you be the scribe for you this meeting? You actually go post-traumatic, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Quite seriously, yeah. yeah. Mate, you see, I've... It, I feel honoured sitting across a table from from someone <laughs> as articulate and as intelligent as yourself who lives this because, Michael, I have – look, I might be a touch dyscalculic and we'll get there in a minute, mm. but um, I was one of those kids who uh, picked up reading and writing with relative ease. But mind you, my mother said to me, oh, no, you didn't because <laughs> I had to pull you aside and, and make sure you were sounding out oh, because you, I grew up in right in the middle of whole language, whole word. Mm. So my mum actually said to me, it wasn't that easy, bucko, yep. I remember. But anyway, other, all that aside, I'm certainly yeah. not dyslexic. Yep. I'm certainly not dysgraphic. Yeah. So your insights are really powerful Um because of oh, Jackie Stewart said, unless you live with this, you will never, ever know. 
Mm. Did, how hard it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so that's why I think teaching handwriting is still important. Yes. Even though, yes, you move to computers, mm. you you know, to develop confidence in that mm. is a life changer. Yes. yes. Even if it is just handwriting. Yes. You know, don't underestimate that having yes. to write a shopping list no. or having to fill in a form. Yes. You know, there are still many forms you have to fill in you by do. hand you these do. days. And you know what? Still to this day, if someone gives me a form on paper, yeah. I scan it and I put it into the computer and I type it and then I print, <laughs> print yeah. it out again yeah. Yeah. because I don't want to write on it no. because I'll make a mistake and I'll be crossing it out. Yeah, and yeah. And how quick, <laughs> how, how quick are we or other people to judge a ha- handwriting? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yep. Yeah. It just, well, it just happens for me. And then I, in a microsecond, then I slap myself and go, what do you do for a living, mate? You know, <laughs> but you'll see an adult's hand and if it looks immature, yep. um, f- for, for people that have never had these difficulties, all sorts of false assumptions can immediately spring to yeah. mind. Well, even on social media. Yeah. How often do you see people pointing out in a, you know, a humiliating way, oh, spelling mistakes. Spell right, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. It's, yeah. a, it's used as a... As a weapon. As a, as a weapon. <laughs> oh, and so, you know, if you are someone who is aware that you have difficulties with yeah, that, yeah. it makes you all that more reluctant to put yourself out there oh, and, yeah. and do those things. So, And so that's why, you know, sitting across from these little kids who have trouble handwriting, mm. I think, no, let's do it. Let's mm, mm. really dig in mm. and try and fix yeah. this, you know, it's not often, you know, often the kid doesn't actually want to do oh, it because no, no. it's boring and it's hard work. When but. I yes, when I get a kid working with a grip, I go, um, do you know what this is going to be like? This is going to be like me asking you to put your right shoe on your left foot and your left shoe on your right foot yep. and walk around until it starts to feel normal and yep. it's going to hurt for a bit. It's yeah. going to be, you're not going to want to do it. I think being upfront with kids yeah. about that stuff. That's right. But if they trust you, whether that's the other thing, if they if you can articulate well enough the reasons for doing this, that this is going to be some short-term pain for some long-term mm. gain, some kids will go there. But any teacher will tell you correcting grip, for that matter, is just really, really It's really hard. Because yeah. it just feels like they're riding with the wrong hand yeah. or they've got the shoes on the wrong feet yeah. or they're wearing their undies on one leg. Yeah, it's really hard and honestly sometimes impossible. You yeah, know, if yeah, it's a kid yeah. who's in year seven and they've been writing that way forever. Ah, uh, good. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, I it's, agree. There's a window, really isn't there? It's really tricky. And yeah. so in that case, I'd then focus on posture. Yes, Keeping your feet still, yes, yes. having a you know every, everything else Not falling correct. over. Yeah, that's yeah. so I've got one old lad. I got a, he's a, he's a, he'll be sixteen soon, and I just said, mate, let's just make sure we get those ascenders ascending and those descenders descending. Yeah, I still got him riding on dotted thirds. Yeah, but there was no point bringing in the linking. Yeah, yeah. I said, let's just focus on this and and you having and you sitting up straight so you're not having basically got your forehead resting on your, you know, he's, he's right-handed <laughs> like me, you haven't got your forehead on, your forehead on top of your left arm, yeah. so, you know, yeah. and putting your hand to sleep. But that's, for some kids, that's a bridge too far too, mm. just the descenders and the ascenders, you're right. Yeah. Mm. So dysgraphia. So we've got dyslexia, dysgraphia. Dysgraphia, you know, there's way less research and information out there about it, mm. which is why I, it's, I think it's good to talk about it because well, yeah. it's often overlooked. Even if we have murdered it, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
But yeah. I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, for me, it's good to talk to someone like you who has, you know, clear expertise. Oh, be and careful see, with that. Oh, no, I know, yeah. I know, I know you don't like hearing that, <laughs> but clear expertise, but it's still not like 100% set in stone, no, defined, this no. is what it is. It's yeah. a very fluid area, yes. isn't it? Yeah, and it is. New research is coming out all the time. Mm -hmm. And so none of which we've been able to reference. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And so, but you, so you don't actually want to set your ideas in stone about no. this is what it is because no. you need to be able to change when new research comes out. And I think says, it's called scientific method. <laughs> just, scientific method. Yeah. Just, just yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Rather than a belief. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, Michael, I think we'd, we'll wrap that one up there. Otherwise, we'll end up with a podcast that's gone for way too long. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening again. We sincerely hope that this was helpful and not utterly misleading. <laughs> if you want to check out any of our references, follow us on socials. Socials. There it is, Michael. Follow Beautiful. us on socials. Well done. Visit discastia.com. That's D-Y-S-C-A-S-T-I-A.com, where there's more bits and pieces, more information, and, of course, all of our other episodes. Now, next week, next week, we're going to continue our discussion on... What are we going to talk about next week, Michael? Discalculia or discalcula. Dis however you choose to say Dyscalculia. it. But difficulty with maths and difficulty with numbers. Correct. And right. I reckon it's worth an episode on its own. Well, it is because it's... Um, I know, Michael, you've got lots of very smart stuff to say about it. So Thank you. Oh, I good. hope so. Look forward to our conversation <laughs> then. Thanks, everyone. See Thank you later. You, everyone.